Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 90th Minute and our weekly podcast. Tonight, it is myself, Liam. And Wazinho, baby, how you doing? Good, I'm fantastic. It's nice. I can see you. Yeah, but I can't see you. You're it's not like, here beside. It's me. like the good old days. Oh, this is a throwback. Yeah. throwback to the the original 90th minute podcast and all that stuff. But yes, it is our weekly podcast mm-hmm. here on Euro on uh, on YouTube as well as audio apps, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. It's been a lot going on, a lot of news headlines. Let's call it. Yeah, football. Um, big news, including the World Cup, uh, some European news as well, transfers. We'll, we'll get through all of that. We'll talk about that. But first and foremost, Wazinho, how are you doing today? That's oh, good. I went on a nice uh, hike today. That was a nice good. hike? Yeah. Where? The River Valley area. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just went for a nice walk. It was nice just out. Just by yourself? Just yeah. cruising? By, hey, by myself, enough. yeah. Fair enough. That's good. I like that. I like to hear that. Get out there in nature. It wasn't the nicest day today. It was a little windy. A little but then it, got, it picked up and it was God beautiful. Nice. It yeah. did. I agree. It's a good day for football. Uh, it, it would have been a great day for football yeah. if the World Cup was on. But because yes. it's in Qatar and is in the middle of winter, it's going to be a terrible World Cup for us Canadians. And let's transition that into our first main topic today of our podcast the host cities for the 2026 North American World Cup have been announced, and we're sad. We're, we're, kind, sad. we're kind of sad. We're kind of disappointed. You know, our, our city didn't get selected, which is, you know, what? after a couple of days, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I kind of understand it. Um, I'm, I'm more so sad that we didn't get picked. You know, I understand why we didn't, in a yeah. sense. I mean, Vancouver... It's a very luxurious city. It's very beautiful, more marketable, as you say. And you know, you're not wrong about that. It just sucks to know that we had a chance at having World Cup games in our own backyard, and it just yeah. didn't happen. So, yeah, you know, I we, mean, we, sorry, we were just so close, so close. And then, you know, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, like I said, we were so close. There was three Canadian cities in the running. Mm-hmm. We thought maybe all three would get picked, but in the end, it was just Vancouver and Toronto, like you said. I understand why. I mean, on the face value of it, Toronto's Toronto in the East. They will always get selected as a Canadian host city. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the biggest city in Canada. For the Western side, you know, up until a month or two months ago, it Vancouver wasn't even in the running. They, they, they had pulled out. They had dropped out saying financially they didn't want to compete with it. So we were, okay, well, we're a shoe-in then. There's two Canadian cities running. We are a shoe-in to get World Cup matches in Edmonton. Unfortunately, Vancouver came back into the running and the marketability of Vancouver, where they're located, the weather, yeah. even the more, the more modern stadium. I mean, BC Place is not as big as Commonwealth Stadium here at Edmonton, but it's more, it's, it's newer. It has the retractable roof. It has a nice, a nice... You know, has a nice atmosphere in there. And I think it will sell well for FIFA and for the World Cup on Canadian soil. So I, I, I understand the selection process. 
I also think it came down to politics and money and, and the Canadian and Alberta government especially seemed to really expect things from FIFA. And I, I, I think, FIFA. yeah, I think, I don't, I think it was the Alberta government and they essentially wanted a lot more matches than they were supposed to get. They kind of wanted like, I think around a 16 match around a 32, a couple group stage matches, bruv. Vancouver is just getting six matches and they're happy. Like they're not demanding. Well, that's the thing it's you should be happy to get yeah. even mentioned. I mean, yeah. it's Edmonton. It's not the biggest city in the world. No. They have a nice mall and they got a river valley. Ooh, great. Like, I mean, I love being from Edmonton. I'm very proud to be from Edmonton. We're proud. I'm wearing an Alfonso Davies yeah. jersey as we speak. I mean, but we have to also realize and be honest with who we are, what we are, what we can offer the world, because this is not... This is not North America. This is the mm-hmm. world. This is the global stage of football. And I, I, I'm disappointed in Alberta. I'm disappointed in, in, in Canada, really. But I understand it at the same point. So I was like you said, a bit, a bit of frustration, a bit of disheartened. But mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, the two Canadian host cities will do Canada very proud. I think we'll look great on that. On yeah, that so stage. supposedly the government of Alberta took the unusual step of demanding Edmonton host at least five of Canada's 10 allotted 2026 FIFA World Cup games and also demanded Edmonton host two round of 32 or uh, round of 16 knockout games. So that's just, I'll be honest, that's a lot. It's right? ridiculous. It's actually um, ridiculous, yeah. It, it's like, I don't... I don't know what else to say, really. It's uh, I, apparently I was reading an article and the people who were sitting in the room in Commonwealth when these cities were being announced, like there's people, there were some people who actually had some genuine optimism that Edmonton was still yeah. going to host it, even though before the unveiling a couple, like a couple days before it was said, oh yeah, Vancouver is getting Edmonton up. People were really thinking, oh no, no, every, every leak is false. We'll wait till it's actually, and then apparently people are crying because Edmonton to get the World Cup games. Like people are generally, they were. There's a lot of people who worked hard behind the scenes to try. Yes, hundred percent. So, and a lot of work goes into it from yeah. behind the scenes of, of of making the bid, making. I mean, in November when when Canada when Edmonton hosted the Canadian men's national team, that was us kind of showing FIFA, look what we can do. You know, we 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 sold over fifty thousand tickets in november mm-hmm. minus 14 versus yeah. mexico i mean imagine what would happen plus 25 in edmonton brazil comes to town oh my god that that stadium tickets are, are being sold for thousands and thousands of dollars i mean it would be insane you know it would be mental but let, let's go over some of the other host cities because well, I, I think there's... yeah i just want to mention something about vancouver so one of the reasons why vancouver really got back into the mix and got world cup games is because the Concacaf president victor montaglia i can't pronounce the last name yeah. he is from bc he is from vancouver so essentially he actually went down to vancouver and told them get back into the bidding process because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and because feel, of his influence, Vancouver essentially, okay, well, we're back in. Yeah. Once Vancouver was back in, Edmonton had no chance. I feel like maybe also he knew something. When Alberta was making those demands, Edmonton was making those demands for FIFA of the games, and I think he maybe caught wind, hey, mm-hmm. we don't want to give it to them. I think he went, all right, well, I know Vancouver can host it, has hosted. They've had Olympics. They've had Women's World Cups. I think he had a bit of maybe insider knowledge maybe. Kind of, thing of 
Edmonton's out of the race now. We've taken them out of the race. Vancouver, this is yours to win now. So uh, I, I want to talk about so three can, can, cities. Can I, in, oh, in, yeah, I want to say one, one last thing. It was just, yeah, the, the, the annoying part about this was the fact that Vancouver backed out of the World Cup, you know, bid, and then they brought themselves back in and then they got game. So that, that was the annoying part. But yeah, let's let's go on. Well, I want to move into Mexico. I yeah. mean, of course, Mexico City is one of the host niche, uh, host cities. The uh, Azteca, I mean, that's always going to be involved in a North American World Cup. Mexico is the third, or the, sorry, the first country ever to host the World Cup three separate occasions. So shout out to Mexico. Uh, I'm honestly really, really looking forward to seeing Mexico and how they host this World Cup and what they bring. The flair and the passion the Mexican fans bring are going to be phenomenal for this tournament. But it's also Guadalajara and Monterrey are the two host cities. I think both those cities are going to be great. I think it's going to be some really nice stadiums, actually. Have you, have you seen that that league? Is it Liga BBVA? Or Mon- that's stadium? Monterey Stadium. It looks incredible. I loved it. I was like, oh, this thing is great. It's like a mountain in the back. It's, it's like fantastic. I, I, screw any of the games in the stands. I want a Monterey. I, you know what? I'm kind of feeling that. I don't, <laughs> on paper, at least, this is a USA World Cup, Canada, Mexico features. That's okay. I'm okay being a feature. Could you imagine if Scotland qualifies or Ireland qualifies for the World Cup 2026 and they're having a game in Guadalajara? Oh, it'd be great. It'd be a great time. A bunch of Scotsmen in Mexico just... Make it happen, Scotland. Make it high. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. But let's go over the host cities in the USA. There is some big cities, of course. Also some big names to be missing out on this tournament. We'll go over those afterwards. Uh, first is Atlanta, of course, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, a state-of-an-art, $1 billion mm. stadium. That thing is going to be incredible for this tournament. Boston, Gillette Stadium, home of the Patriots. I know you was a big Patriots fan. No. <laughs> uh, Dallas, of course, home of the Cowboys, AT&T Stadium. That's a 100,000-person per- stadium. That's a huge There's a guy who owns the Cowboys. Uh, I know, but I don't know. What's his name? Oh, why can't it come to my mind? No, I'm going I'm to Google right now. Owner of the Cowboys. Is he the guy with the big like fur coat at the Cowboys games? I think so. Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Fur coat. I'm, I'm Googling it. You, you Google that. Uh, there's also Houston, Kansas City. Yeah. Los Angeles, so Los Angeles at the is it so so it's so far, yeah, so far, brand new. That'll stadium. be really good. That's gonna be a great stadium. Miami has got a host city. That's gonna be fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh, can you imagine World Cup on South Beach? Come on, come on. Hard Rock New Stadium, New York, which is where uh, the MetLife Stadium is, where the final of the World Cup is. Going I, to is place. that confirmed? I believe so. World Cup Final 2026. I don't know if that's actually confirmed. I thought it was confirmed for MetLife, but maybe I am wrong. There's also Philadelphia, uh, San Francisco Bay Area, and come on, Seattle. Fight hmm. and win. Um, no, honestly. Um, yeah, to be honest, I don't think the World Cup Final is actually official for I 2026. Think, I, know, I, I, I know there was people said it was in MetLife, but... Um, it's, it's most probably going to be New York, apparently. 
People are saying the world, the 2026 World Cup final will be in New York. Personally, I wish it was in Los Angeles. I think that would be nice. I uh, I kind of do as well, if I'm honest. My only thing that maybe they're not going to do Los Angeles is due to time difference. Maybe or maybe heat? the two-hour time difference, the time difference in, uh, to the East Coast will help more of the European Asian viewers potentially. Put it in Houston, Texas. Texas. Everything's Texas. Big, everything's big in Texas. <laughs> um, no, I think honestly, I think there's some great, great cities hosting yeah. there. There now let's talk about the ones that are missing out. So we said we already talked about Edmonton is missing out. I know you were very upset that Nashville did not. Yeah, that get pissed a- me off. Which kind of I maybe they don't have a big enough stadium or whatnot, but Nashville's a great city to just host events in general. Yeah, yeah. Everything is super close by. Honestly, I know the uh, Tennessee Titans Stadium. You can set there's a bridge right beside it that basically you can walk from the stadium to downtown. That's and then downtown yeah. you have Broadway, which is party central. It's literally like Vegas without the gambling. <laughs> it's just it's a good time. Like Na- Nashville is a party town and the yeah, World yeah. Cup is a party, right? So I'm disappointed in that sense because I, I would love to go to Nashville or a World Cup game and you know I get, think it's go, gonna be go down to a honky tonk and play some hey, oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Was well, it just going down to a honky tonk, boys and ladies? Uh, um, <laughs> go ahead. I, I Los Angeles is going to be incredible. I think Miami is going to be incredible. Seattle will do itself very, very proud. That's a very nice stadium with great. It's a great home fan base, the mm-hmm. Seattle Sounders fan base, and you know people fly in. Of course, New York is always going to be great. It's New York. They know yeah. how to put on a show. I'm interested to see how places like Philadelphia, Kansas City, how they do it in Boston. You know, I'm looking forward to that. I, I really am. Anything else you want to add to the host cities? Uh, well, t- cities that missed. I think one that was kind of, uh, I was surprised at Washington, D.C., the capital, didn't yeah. get selected. Uh, I think this is one of the first times in uh, a world. Uh, I think this is one of the first times in, how, how do I word this? Where basically the capital of a country is not hosting a World Cup game. I mean, out of the three nations, only one capital of Mexico City. I mean, there you Ottawa, go. Canada is not, not hosting. Oh, I mean, who's going to host a fucking game in Ottawa? No offense, Ottawa. Toronto thinks that they are the capital of Canada. So, I mean, fair enough. There yeah. Go. I mean, Washington, D.C., though. Wayne Rooney played there. Wayne Rooney did play there, but the only thing I think of is maybe their stadium is is too yeah. far away from, 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 from being up to FIFA standards. And that's something that needs to be talked about because – all of these stadiums will need to meet FIFA regulations for this tournament. Uh, includes a certain capacity. See, I think it's 55,000 or more, 50,000 mm-hmm. or more. They have to have real grass turf, of course. So all of these American stadiums have artificial turf due to, you know, American yeah. football. So that'll all be changed out. But some of them will have to be upgraded capacity. BMO Field in Toronto will need a full capacity to, to, to become regulation. I mean, they will have to be upgraded. They will have to make, make renovations to that stadium. And that's why I say Edmonton's unlucky because Edmonton stadium is FIFA quality already. Yeah. They to change the field. I mean, yes, they could update it and they could upgrade it, but the stadium capacity is already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is what it is. Edmonton misses out. Luckily for us, uh, Vancouver, Seattle's not very far away. Yeah. Um, and I'm, sorry, the other city I was kind of surprised to see not get a World Cup game was Chicago. 
Uh, Chicago's got a pretty big uh, footballing. I think um, they got a pretty good, good stadium. Yeah, and there's a lot the Soldier of, Field. Soldier Field, yeah. Soldier big, Field, big, yeah. Big, big Polish community. So Poland makes the up. You know, put in Chicago, you'll get a great turnout. <laughs> um, I was kind of surprised that Kansas City got a World Cup. They've hosted uh, a lot of big, big really? events recently. I mean, Kansas City NFL football is on top of the world at the moment. I, I, mean, I never knew that. Okay. Showtime Mahomes, baby. I was going to say, you know, like I said, you know, it's surprising to see Kansas City get the World Cup, but not Nashville. Like, I don't know how big of a city. No. You're just upset about Nashville. I am, man. But You're whatever. more upset about that than you are about Edmonton, I think. Slightly, no, that's I don't know. I was a bit emotional when I didn't hear Edmonton, but I didn't. I, I just felt like I died inside a little bit. Like, I was watching that, and literally, the first the first card he pulled out was Vancouver, and I went, oh, That's done, it's, yeah, because yeah, they're going off like with the Pacific, yeah, the, the, west, like, the west, central, and then east, like, yeah, the west first. I'm like, Oh, Vancouver, I'm first like, name red. I'm like, I'm, I was like, kind of hoping, like, Are they gonna go back to Canada? Yeah, oh, maybe, uh, maybe Edmonton's in the central. Then I, I was holding on to a glimmer of hope. As soon as that central was finished, I said, okay. I, I turned it off because I don't care anymore. I don't care who else is given. I don't care. Really, one reason why, uh, another reason why Edmonton didn't get selected is kind of the travel between cities like Vancouver, Seattle, and Edmonton. So, so yeah. what I've heard is because of the expanded format of this World Cup, the 48 team World Cup in 2026, they want two cities to be kind of close together that way teams don't have to travel across an entire continent for a group stage match so you have seattle vancouver close together you have la and san francisco close together um i believe it's guadalajara and houston are the two that are together Kansas City and Dallas i want to no, say I, I, I don't think guadalajara and houston are that close together to be honest um I believe maybe I, I I I would need to look at the map again. Yeah, the map I mean, posted. But that each each host nation, host city. I keep saying nation, host city, somewhat has a, a city close enough to another representative city. So I understand that format. If that's how they're going to do it and how they're going to play the group stage, it would make sense because the group stages are going only to three teams. So there's only two games played. So you can play in each city. Boom, boom, done, kind of thing. But yeah, the world wait, the group stage in 2026 only three teams, three team group stages. I don't like that. It It's gonna be a complete new format. It's gonna be is it legitimate. I don't like that. I think I have yeah. always liked four. I, I bullshit, man. It's gonna be interesting to see what it, it, it ends up playing out like. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I could could a big team miss out by finishing second? I don't I don't know. I don't know how this is gonna a all play out. Team like. tournament. How do we feel about that? That's a lot of teams, a lot of games. I mean, it is. yeah. I like the idea of maybe some of the smaller nations getting there. Um, you know, your your Peru, mm-hmm. your Scotland, your I don't know, Poland made it, but who knows if they will then because yeah, Lewandowski will be retired. So <laughs> who knows? Um do you want to keep talking World Cup or do you want to move on to our next topic? Uh, what's your next topic? You said you had a few, which is good. Richard Arnold. Does the name strike anything to you? Maybe. the I know Maximilian Arnold. No, Richard Arnold is actually the Manchester United CEO. Oh, I, I place saw, Ed Woodward. I, yeah, yeah. I think I saw this. I heard about this. So he sat down with a couple, a couple fans, like just everyday normal people at a pub. He had a drink with them. Now, they were talking Manchester United, of course. They were talking about 
the past few years, they're talking about the future. They're talking about the present day and, and transfers they were looking into and stuff like that. And he was very open and honest. Now, to talk about that first off, it's great to see a CEO of a club, let alone a multi-billion dollar club like Manchester United, just sitting down at a pub talking to people. I think that's great to have a bit of personality and a bit of one-on-one time with the people who, without the fans, the club is nothing. So I think he's doing a great job, especially compared to his predecessor, Ed Woodward, who was the furthest thing from in touch with the club and, and the fans, stuff like that. So he sat down with, with these fans and they were asking questions. And one of the big first talking points he was talking about was Ed Woodward and the previous, you know, few years at, at United and how he said, I don't know how they spent their money because he said, we put over, or we put around 1 billion pounds into developing our training complex. You look around, you don't see anything worth a billion pounds. So where did our money go? You know, that, that's what he was asking. Like, what do we spend it on? How are we not state of the art? Why, why is our stadium needing so many repairs? You know, because Old Trafford has not been yeah, improved from, upon. From what I've heard, it's not great. Uh, yeah, and you said, yeah, Richard Arnold said, we spent over 1 billion pounds over the last 10 years, more than anyone in Europe. I'm not thrilled with where we are. Yeah. It, it, it shouldn't it, be. It, it, it doesn't look like, like United are where they should be. For the amount of money spent now moving on to what else he said he said currently today the money that eric ten hog and his director of football want for transfers the money's there united are not suffering for cash he says about 200 to 250 million pounds yeah. for the transfer window right now for eric ten Hogg. this is what richard arnold said about john he says john murdoch is working from 6 a.m until 10 p.m trying to get the frankie de Jong deal done there's 200 million pounds for transfers and that he wouldn't let any other targets slip yeah, you- frankie de Jong yeah. is is i think the main target for united right now and even if the player doesn't necessarily want to join United as a first choice option, he may be forced to if Barca can't afford to re-sign him or keep him on if they want to bring in players like Lewandowski. So we'll see. I, I, I think what I get out of this conversation that he had, first and foremost, I think is really positive. I think it's positive to have a good relationship with the fans and, and, and to be a bit more open with, with, with everyone because the United boardroom seemed to be hidden away locked away no one could get in no one could get out except the football leaks and the journalism and the newspaper seemed to know things going on in the dressing room so maybe that was another thing he said he said i can guarantee you he said i won't give names but i guarantee you the players who were leaking to the media are gone all right i think he said to the to the people that are leaking stuff out of the dressing room are gone well, I'm not gonna say yeah. names, but Paul Pogba and Jesse Lingard. Maybe, yeah, you never I'm gonna know. Put those two names forward. Like, it couldn't be. It, it couldn't be Juan Mata. That guy's too nice. I, I agree. I agree. Or Matic. Matic. You know, Matic the... never. Paul Pogba. Uh, I, I like this. Lee tweet. Grant doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> He's still there. Uh, I like this tweet from the United Faithfuls. Uh, they said, "Well done to Richard Arnold, Arnold for coming out and speaking with fans." But those are empty words until we see improvements and changes. Speaking with fans in the pub won't change Man United actions. Will 100. percent I, I agree with that. I, I think this is a good start, though. He also mentioned the Glazers and how he said, I won't stand up and defend them, but they can come out and they can say whatever they want. They, they are their own people, their own group, their own, their own media thing. They can 
they can say what they want to say and do what they want to do. So he's not going to just be their little puppet, but he's also not going to, you know, maybe he's not going to run it himself. Cause he also, he also brought up how he didn't understand why Ed Woodward was involved in transfers. That's not what he's there to do. So he goes, well, I'm not here to make the signings. I'm here just to help facilitate jobs and, and help facilitate the team. So I, on the face of it, it's really good to see. I think if you were a United fan, like you are, I think you'd be positives. I hope so. It's just, I've, you know, I've heard some so often over the last so many years, oh, we're going to sign this player, this player, this player. These changes are coming and we've seen nothing. So at this point, I'm kind of just like, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to wait and see, you know, I'm not going to yeah. get, I'm not going to be, there are United fans who are like, oh, wait for Rashford next season. You ain't ready. He's got a new piercing and this and that. He's going to tear the Premier League apart. I'm like, Rashford's done fuck all for the past two seasons. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm, I'm this, this this is his make it or break it year yeah. at United. 100%. Uh, Rashford has to perform under Ten Hag. Otherwise, he could be replaced. Yeah. And there's options out there for, for wingers. And, 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 and United need to move on players who are not up to United standards. So... For Marcus Rashford, it's now or never kind of thing. But let's move on to some other transfers that are confirmed, about to be confirmed on the horizon kind of thing. Start with the biggest name of them all. Sadio Mane is off to Bayern Munich. It looks like the deal's been uh, agreed upon. Around 40 million euros in and around there. Mm -hmm. It's a great player to sign for so cheap. Yes, he's into his last year of contract at Liverpool. Sadio Mane... Yeah. We all know what he can do. I'm sad to see him leave the Premier League, but it's also exciting for him. I think a new a new league, a new a new team that he can showcase his his world class abilities. Maybe he can can he can he take over the goal scoring that Robert Lewandowski is going to be leaving? Mm, probably not, but it's something, right? So I, it's I'm very to see him there. it's very interesting to see. Yeah, how money. I mean, money he played played in the Bundesliga before, right? I'm pretty sure. Did he? Yes, he did. Yeah, before he went to Southampton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did, 100%. Right. Was it something I can't remember, but yeah, he's he been there before. Yes. So uh, he's got unfinished business. He wants to win the Bundesliga. It should be kind of easy for him, I think. <laughs> uh, a player that you absolutely love is going to your rivals. Mark Cucurella is going to Manchester City. I'm so happy to see Mark Cucurella go to Man City. He's the great signing. He can play anywhere on the pitch. You put him you put him in, in a six. You put him in an eight. He can play there. You put him top, top in the wing. Wide winger. He, it's fucking pep. Listen, listen. listen. Spat, that's, that's Mallorca was. Listen, Mallorca was. Listen. I think Cucurella is a good signing yeah. for, uh, for, for City. Cucurella. 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 Cucarella. Mozzarella. He's a good signing for City. That's his hair right there. He'll, he'll do well for them. I, I, he'll be a squad rotational player, but you know, he can grow into a first. Oh, 100%. Season, I, think. I, I, think th- that, I think I think he's a player that Pep Guardiola will really enjoy having in the squad. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's an ex-Barcelona Academy player, so he has that connection with Pep. Yeah. But and I think I think I think he his versatility is great. It's very good to have that in, in a squad. You need players that can play anywhere. But that that left that left back position, I think, can be his in another year or so. I, I think I think it I think it's open for him. Yeah, and you know what's surprising me about Cusarella is that he's only 23. It yeah. feels like he's so mature for his age and the way he plays. He's immature? No, mature. He's, he's a mature. He's very mature. Like he, you know, he seems very confident, like and also, when I first looked at this guy, I thought he was like 
28, 32. He does look a little bit older. He does. He I does not look that. 23. So um with with him coming into Man City, it has opened the door for Zinchenko to leave. Yeah. It looks like options are going to be available for him, whether it's in the Premier League or elsewhere. He I, I know he's been linked with Everton for a little bit now. I think he'd be actually a very good pickup for Everton. Mm-hmm. He's a player that I think should have first team minutes consistently. He just can't get it at Man City, which is hard to come by. But he could do a job for another Premier League team. Probably. There's no doubt about that. I like um, Zinchenko. Another top four club making or top six, I guess, making moves. It's Tottenham Hotspur. They sign Basuma from Brighton Hove Albion. Last year, I said to you that Basuma, Yves Basuma would be a good option for Manchester United in that midfield. He didn't get him. Tottenham get him. Antonio Conte is going to make him into an absolute baller. You watch. Yves Basuma will be in the Premier League team of the year. No, I agree with you. Basuma's oh, a great God. midfielder. And, I like him. You know, that's another player that Brighton's also losing. Now they're losing Pusarella and they're losing Basuma. Yes. You might as well cash in on these players as well, you know? Well, um, I mean, I, I you bring that up. I, Brighton are Brighton were not great this Premier League year. Now, what do you mean? They, they were. No, they were decent. They, they were decent. Didn't finish top ten. I think they finished tenth. Yeah, that's quite good for Brighton. I think. I think. Yeah. But they, but now they're selling off their talent. Basuma. Kukurella. They finished ninth. They finished ninth. Okay, good for them. I mean, eleven losses, but. That's yeah, they still, had a lot of, yeah. still quite lo- good for them. But they si- they're, they're selling off their talent. They have to replace them now. And they still, I think, don't have a good enough goal scorer. I think Neil Mopai is not Oh, I think, enough. yeah, they've definitely lacked a goal scorer. But they're, what makes up for them, I think, is their defense. Uh, not defense. Their midfield's always been yeah, pretty solid. But but they're now, good, you know, they, they let, they're letting go of Basuma, who I think was their best midfielder. So let's see what, what Bright are able to do, see who they're able to pick up. I think... I think he's a good signing for Tottenham. I think he'll be yeah. there for, for a solid amount of time. I think he can grow into well, a great He's player. 25. He's, yeah. he's main position in central midfield. He can play DM as well. Yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. Like, you know, you look at Man United, they're going after Frankie Dion, such a high-profile name. I think, you know, maybe Man United needs to take a step back with these transfers and get someone like a Basuma, someone who I, can I be reliable in the midfield. A bit, of, bit of heart and fight in them a little bit, not, not the... Yeah. Not the money bags in their eyes, kind of thing. Pro- and you know, you look at Frank De Jong, and he doesn't really want to move from Barcelona. You know, exactly. are, are you gonna? Exactly. Is Man United gonna get the best out of Frankie De Jong if he doesn't want to leave Barcelona? Like maybe Ten Hag and their relationship might help. But, but I he, want a player who wants to play for the club. You know, if he's already saying how, oh, I don't want to leave Barca, I don't want to do it. Well, then why would he do his best when he's at United? Why would you not just sit there for two, three seasons? Make a boatload of cash like Paul Pogba, sulk around, and then fuck off. In I, I, don't, years, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's gonna sulk around. I, I don't know. Maybe you hope not. You hope yeah, not. He's never. I, I don't that think. Type of player. I don't think he's that type of man. That type of player. But at the same time, things happen in a career. You know, a career is short. Do you want to mm-hmm. waste seasons or years? at teams or in countries you don't want to be at, don't want to play for just because of financial. I mean, look at Lionel Messi. Yeah. The man never would have left Barca if he didn't have to. He goes to PSG and you can physically see that he's not happy there. He doesn't want to be there. So we'll see what happens with, with the young. We'll see what happens with 
the Premier League transfers in general, there's going to be lots more coming up as, as the weeks go on. And I'm really looking forward to seeing all mm-hmm. the big names on the move. Let's talk about someone who got a new contract, though, and who has the expectations now on his shoulders that we'll see what he can do. Edin Kedia signs a new deal at Arsenal. He will be their new starting striker, and he's been given the number 14. Of course, Thierry Henry's number, oh, Aubameyang's wow. number previously. That's a huge step for Eddie and Kedia from he was on his way out six months ago. He comes into the team, scores a couple goals on a few starts, and now he's new contract, main man up front. Um, you know, Aubameyang's gone, Lacazette is gone. So Eddie and Kedia, is he the man to lead Arsenal this season? That'll be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, uh, he only had five goals and 21 appearances. Um, I didn't really see much of him, but he's clearly got some promise and potential. And I don't think he's good enough to start for Arsenal week in and week out. Maybe not at the moment. So. Uh, with t- wait, he's also 23. And, you know, you, we talked about Cusarella, who's oh. 23 as well. And he's getting bought by Man City. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's the He has time still to grow into that striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my thing is, Arsenal don't necessarily have time to wait for him to grow into that striker. They need a... They need number nine today, not not in two years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. I, I I hope the best for him. I hope that he's able to to succeed. It's just to sign the new contract, to be told you're the new starter, and then to get number 14 as Thierry Henry. Man, those are some yeah. big, big boots to fill. Yeah, so it just we'll feels see. like they're trying to lock him down for the long term, but at the same time, I don't know. It'll be tough to compete. Yeah. Um, no. They also signed Vieira. Arsenal, what? they signed yes, Vieira. Yeah, yeah, from Porto, yes. That's a good... I was like, Vieira. I, I, I he's very good. He's a very um, agile, speedy yeah. midfielder. Um, I heard he's... I, I read a little bit of a thing on him from ESPN. A little bit selfish, too. So, I'm excited to watch him play in the Premier League, honestly. Um, you know, the Portuguese League, league has yeah. produced some great talents recently. Um, it really has. So... Um, well, actually, speaking about Portugal, I wanted to bring up... So, I watched a video today about all those years ago, an 18-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo playing for the Sporting Club de Portugal in the Champions League versus Manchester United. As an 18-year-old, this man was absolutely tearing apart the United backline. I think he got an assist and a goal in the mm-hmm. one game. And just, he looked incredible. He was so quick on the ball. His feet were brilliant. He was getting past the back line every single time. So my question I want to ask you, was he? Under the age of 20, we've seen Holland coming through. We've seen Mbappe coming through. We've seen Phil Foden coming through. Are any of those three generational talents even close to Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi? When they were 18? Yeah. Maybe Holland. I think Holland, the way he's been producing the last couple of years, you can definitely make a case. Mbappe, obviously, with the skill and talent he has. and you know, It's tough to say because... You know, Mbappe, I mean, he was in Monaco, and then he gets to PSG. Yeah. He won the World Cup. He, he he produced well at that World Cup in 2018. Mm-hmm. The only knock people have on Mbappe now is that, oh, he choked in the Champions League, choked in the Euros. But, like, that happens. The guy's still, what, 22 and now making a yeah. boatload of money. So, <laughs> But it, it's straight. I think, I, it feels like we have so many generational talents on our head right now. I, I, I feel like we're kind of – we're kind of – we're trying to weed through it all. We, we have – like I said, three 
maybe four, maybe five generational talents. You look at Pedri, you look at Gavi at Barcelona, and they're all being hyped up as the next generational talent. And I think we had to, to wait until they become 24, 25, 26 to see if, mm-hmm. are they the real deal? Or are they going to drop off and become just your regular player kind of thing? Your, your normal player. But I don't, think, I don't think many will ever compare to Messi and Ronaldo at 20, 21, 22. Messi had three Ballon d'Ors at the same age as Mbappe. Jesus. That's, that's that, insane. That, that's mental. What? Did he actually? I, do you have three by 25? I, I don't know. Well, probably. Mbappe's 23. I thought he was older than that. No, no, he's. I know he feels like he's been around forever now. Um, We're old, man. We are old. Yeah, but what do we do with our lives? We're not winning Ballon d'Or. We're not winning Champions League. He won a World Cup. Yeah. Uh, Heartbreak. What do you want to talk about next, sir? Well, it's just transfers really going on right now. There's been a few interesting ones. I'm looking through Fabrizio Romano's Twitter. Uh, How do we feel about? Romelu Lukaku going back to Inter. Not confirmed yet, but... It's likely going to happen, I think. It's going to be a loan deal with option to buy back to Inter. I mean, it's what Lukaku wants. Of course, Chelsea spent $100 for him, and he didn't produce at all. So... There was an expectation of him that he was going to, you know... Huge expectation. Come back to the Prem... And absolutely tear up the goal scoring table, and he didn't. Uh, and I don't know if that's because of Thomas Tuchel's system, and he just didn't fit into that kind of system. But I, it's, I think it definitely had to do with the the Chelsea system, but also had to do, I think, with he simply didn't want to be there. He he, he was sold by Inter Milan not because he wanted to leave, but because they had to for financial reasons. So again, we see another another time where where players get transferred. Not through their own personal wishes, but in a sense, it doesn't work out. It seemed like he wanted to go back to Chelsea and prove so many people wrong and you know, rewrite history, win titles with Chelsea. Mm. It's like, oh, I'm coming back. And you know, you saw those videos of him, you know, at Stamford yeah. Bridge when he was a kid, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna play for Chelsea one day. He finally did it, things didn't go his way, and he's like, oh, I'm going back to Inter because things are not going my way. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This guy, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of him going back to Chelsea, and you, this is kind of why. I just Something about Romelu Lukaku. I don't think he's a very good Premier League striker. I gotta be honest. It's I strange. Think it's, I think I mean, he's great. But the thing is, Italy. he did well at Everton. He did well yeah. in the first year with Man United. Yeah. He, 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 got, he did well at West Brom. Yeah. So I, something just has changed with Lukaku, <laughs> where the Premier League just doesn't suit his style, maybe. Something like that. Let's talk about a transfer that went through, but now another team's getting involved. Okay. Erling Holland. Oh, oh my god. So so he's gone to City. He's a Manchester City player. He's been unveiled. He has a release clause of 150 million euros. Real Madrid have already said 2024, we're gonna pay that. Or we're gonna bring him to the Bernabeu. Now they've missed out on Kylian Mbappe. They have that money to spend, obviously. Erling Haaland would be the obvious second choice option. Could we see Erling Haaland being at City only for one year and then going to Real Madrid? Or do you see him staying at City for no. multiple seasons? I, I think, I don't see why Haaland would leave City at this point. It's a club that his dad played for. 
I think yeah. he's going to stay at City for a long time. He's going to try and break some records in the Premier League, mm-hmm. win the Champions League, Man City. He wants to go to Man City to win titles. Obviously, you couldn't yeah. do that at Real Madrid, but it's also the Premier League. And yeah. it is the number one league in the world. It's where, okay. where every player wants to go and prove themselves. You know, that's not a dig at La Liga or Serie A, but let's be honest. Once you're in the Premier League, you're likely going to stay there for a while if you're a top talent, I think, unless you're Lukaku. <laughs> I, I, I think for sure. I think for sure Holland will want to go to the city to win things, to prove himself, to, to break record, like personal records. Yeah. Plus city has the money city can pay Holland whatever they want, you know? And I think on a personal level for him, I think he would rather play for city than Real Madrid. Albeit Real Madrid is the one of the most historic, if not the most historic club in, in world football, but he has a little bit of a connection with city. Like you said, through his dad. So if he could be the one to really anchor City as the best in the world, Champions League, Premier League, domestic cup competitions, winning it all, I think he would love to be that guy. I just I wonder who Real Madrid will get to replace Benzema because clearly they have plans to kind of replace him. I just wonder who that guy will be, who that player will be. Um, I still think it will be Mbappe. Whether yeah. it's next season, the year after, I don't see Mbappe staying at PSG's entire career. They can give him as much money as he wants. Eventually, the time's going to come where he's going to leave. Um, and I think Real Madrid's the only suitable destination for him then. But up until then, who knows? Who knows what Madrid finds through their, their youth or whatever? You know, Madrid are weird. They make signings and, and, and they just become stars overnight kind of thing. Yeah, give respect. Except Luka Jovic, yeah. who is on his way out. Yeah, that uh, was a failed transfer. That was a there they they yeah. have had a few failed transfers over the past few years for sure. Um he is on his way out. That's understandable. He hasn't produced. He hasn't done anything. He's not Real Madrid quality. But you know what? He can go on and have a good career throughout other teams in Europe, other other leagues. Looking like maybe back to the Bundesliga for him. So we'll see what happens with Luka Jovic. Anything else you want to talk about today? Well, there's a lot actually to talk about. How about the, the Paul Pogba stuff coming out? Paul, Paul Pogba. And Pogmentary. Pogmentary. What is this podcast? Like, what? This is so Paul Pogba. He's so full of himself. He thinks he's something. He thinks that people care. You win one World Cup and you think you're the, like, let's be honest. Paul Pogba, aside from the World Cup, hasn't won shit in his career. He hasn't won a Premier League. He hasn't won a Champions League. He went to a Champions League final with Juventus. And he won stuff with Juventus domestically, but. Yeah, but you don't see Carlos Puyol, who won everything, going out and making documentaries or. You know, any of the German players, for example, you know, it's, I don't know. And then it's just kind of the way he kind of made this contract situation. And I'd be like, oh, my thought process is to show Manchester United that they made a mistake in waiting to give me a contract. How can you tell a player you absolutely want him and offer him nothing? I've never seen that. But apparently- there was also the talk about United did not offer him what he thought was a reasonable amount of money. They're offering like two hundred thousand a week. No, they're offering like over around three hundred thousand a week. But for him, that's nothing. Like, how much did he want? What was yeah. was he walk? Was he walking there expecting five hundred thousand a week? Like, you you haven't been great for the past year or so, Paul. 
you haven't started half the time. And when you do, you get injured three minutes in. Yeah. And then like, he just, the results haven't proven that he's worth 300 million or 300,000 a week. He'll go back to Juventus. He'll do well there. Let's call it as it is. Juventus is a bit of a big fish in a smaller pond. Not the biggest fish, not the smallest pond, but they are a bit of a big fish in a small pond. He'll do well at Juve. He'll win a couple things domestically. Then he'll retire. That's it. He won't do anything else for France, I don't think. I think he's out of that French national team set up. I think they have better options in that midfield now. Um, Champions League, I don't see Juve challenging for Champions League for a long time again. Paul Pogba's going to be... I think he's going to be known for being a lot more of an online hype man than he is an actual footballing ability. I don't know how... I haven't seen the documentary, but apparently he said... United fans know very little about football. It's like, I, I don't know what else to say, man. Uh, Paul Pogba says such, such a, uh, yeah. He's taking a big old shit on your club, basically. Which That's is, what he's done. So did Ralph Ragnick, but. When Ralph Ragnick called it as it was, he was actually honest. He wasn't, he wasn't overinflated ego. Ralph Ragnick was just honest. Um, I think I think United are going to be very much worse off because Ralph Ragnick's not involved. Potentially, they, yeah. You get him involved, he can shake down players when it's needed to. He can he can get them back in form, maybe. I think uh, the one last transfer I was wanting to talk about was uh, Yuri Tielmans. Yeah, uh, Arsenal are interested. Very no much offer, so. yeah. but yeah, I'm interested to see where he goes because he's a good midfielder. I think he. I don't, I don't want to say world-class because I think that term is overused a lot, but I think he's an elite midfielder and he can become that player. By all um, accounts, he has one year left on his Leicester deal. He said he's not going to re-sign a new contract. So whether he moves this summer or he goes next summer when he's a free agent from mm-hmm. Leicester, we'll see. <laughs> I think if Yuri Tillman wants to get his career back on track a little bit, he should leave Leicester. They had a down year last year. He didn't look great last year. He needs to move, whether it is to Arsenal or whether it's to another club. We'll see, but... He's 25, so... He does need to get that career going a bit. I mean, 25, yes, I'm it's wrong. wrong. I mean, we are 25, but at the same time, you don't... You're not guaranteed to play till you're 32, 33. You never know what happens with injuries. I mean... Or, I remember when Yuri Tielmans had, like, unreal potential in, like, what, FIFA 17 or something. Like, yeah. he was, like, one of the best midfielders you can sign for young, but... Yeah, he, he went to Leicester for around fifty million, and I think a his huge trans- signing for them. Yeah, and I think his transfer fee right now is around sixty million, according to the transfer market. So, I don't know where he's going to go. Yeah, uh, I, I like Arsenal, to see United. Arsenal, Arsenal will be exciting actually. I think they could use him. Same time though, does he take away? You know, who who would that midfield be? They're making a couple signings. I mean. You, players like Grand Xhaka are, yeah. are gone. You know, uh, they're they're obviously looking for a more dynamic, attacking, quick midfield. So that would be very exciting to see at Arsenal. It definitely needed a bit of a shakeup in the midfield. Um, and uh, what else? What else to talk about here? We I'm not too a, sure. A lot of transfers. Transfers are the biggest thing right now. I'll just movements yeah. between clubs. Oh, and well, there's a big game. That big game that went on tonight. I don't know if you saw. Which one? Uh, the Roberto Carlos match. The what? The Roberto Carlos match. He has his own match. Yeah. Now, uh, now I saw one soccer. Uh, Catcher all Dino Ronald. 
Ronaldinho, Roberto Carlos, Alfonso Davies, and plenty of famous footballing friends live from Miami as we present the beautiful game. What the hell is going on in Miami? Like... Um, I think Paul Pogba was in this as well. Um, uh, Jimmy Butler was there. <laughs> Chad Ochocinco. Uh, let me see here. Oh, my God. What is this roster? Uh, guess who was in net? Oh, no. Carlos Valderrama was there? Who's in net for... I don't know. Uh, is it a basketball player in Miami? No. Uh, they had uh, Rene Higuita. Oh, gee, what? Yeah, yeah. He what came back. Team? <laughs> this team was sick. They had a bunch of like uh you know Brazilians, Rafa Marquez is there. And uh, what is this for? I think it was like a, maybe like a charity match, or they had a few like musicians playing. Ryan Babel was there. Ryan Babel. Deco <laughs> and Deco and Dabala. I I mean fair enough. So team Roberto Carlos had Storchkov, Rivaldo, Dennis Sicaria. Nani, uh, Radamal Falcao, uh, Steve Nash. <laughs> it's honestly a great team, but also the most random team I've ever seen in my life. Up front, they had Blessed. I don't know who that is. I don't know, man. I like how Steve Nash gets involved, though. Uh, Sebastian Frey was in it. Arturo Vidal. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Things in Miami, man. Yeah, looking at this, this is actually funny. Yeah, on Team Roberto Carlos, you had Cafu, Militao, Valderrama, Alfonso Davies, Falcao. So, um, great, the beautiful game, as they call it. I don't know what this tournament's about, but it's just, it's just a good time. Watch old Brazilian yeah. guys having a good time. I watched a great documentary last night as well. Okay, tell me about it. J Lo. All right. The J-Lo documentary, Jennifer okay. Lopez. She she made this documentary leading up from like, you know, for the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it kind of just went over her career and how she didn't win a Grammy or another. It was great because I, I mostly watched it because Super Bowl, Shakira. Okay. okay. They barely showed Shakira. No offense to J-Lo. J-Lo was very salty kind of that Shakira really? was involved. Really? Because she wanted the show to be just yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's fair. And she didn't like how the, the, the minutes were spread out between two, but... J-Lo, still probably for me the most exciting halftime show I watched. I've watched rewatched it a hundred times now. It's yeah, you yeah, you, you I love it. I cried when Waka Waka was played. But it, <laughs> you know, it, J-Lo, I, I have a lot of respect for her after watching that documentary. I do recommend it was great. It was good. Um what's what interesting did you watch it on Netflix. Okay, shout Netflix. So, yeah, out. go check it out after this uh, uh podcast, Liam. So okay. Um they I found it interesting how they barely showed her, I think, ex-husband. I don't know. She was dating that baseball player. Yeah, she was so they, Jeter or Derek Jeter. Not Derek Jeter. Not she Derek was, Jeter. Uh, A-Rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. I, I remember watching some of these vlogs that he was he, he was vlogging this thing during the Super Bowl. So I but it's just funny how they found ways to really make sure he was never in it. Yeah, yeah. Like they were like, he was never in her life. Fair enough. There was like one clip of A-Rod in this whole documentary. They're talking about Mark Anthony at all. No, no, actually, didn't. Uh, he the showed up. Two at, children with a Marty. I, I know. I, I think there was like a small clip of him with the kids, and so that's it. But rain on me. <laughs> Fucking. 
Honestly, on that note, I think we should wrap things up here. Yeah. Ross is singing Mark Anthony, so that's how it's gonna be. Pitbull, Mark Anthony, rain on me. Do okay. Let's let's, let's okay. Let's, let's finish this podcast with a question. Twenty twenty six World Cup, Canada, USA, Mexico. Who will be the one who performs the World Cup song? It'll be a mix. It will be a mix. Dare I say Pitbull's gonna be in the mix? No, uh, a little bit of Latin vibes. No, nah, man, you gotta bring in Drake. You gotta bring in Drake. Drake, I guarantee Drake's a part of it. Justin Bieber, maybe, maybe Celine Dion, <laughs> maybe. To be fair, you got you, you have a whole pool of American artists you can choose from. You can get Taylor Swift in there. No, they'll get Selena Gomez. Uh, she can sing Spanish. You guys have Spanish and English. I, I I think Drake would be sick though. I. I think I think there's a lot of uh, options, but yeah, let us know down below. Who do you think will be part of that World Cup 2026 song? Get involved with anything we talked about today. The World Cup host cities, the the United situation with their CEO. To be fair, the Russian one had fucking Will Smith involved. No, it was a great song. I liked it. That was a bit of a world. That's a weird World Cup, though. It was. It was enjoyable at times. Um, but yeah. Let's yeah. uh, wrap this up. But yeah, get involved with everything we talked about. Transfers, United, World Cups, Eddie and Kenny, any, anything. Anything we talked about, get involved. Whether you're watching on YouTube, the 90th Minute Podcast channel, or if you are listening on Spotify, Apple, any other streaming platform, we greatly appreciate it. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I Googled FIFA World Cup song 2026. Yeah. Somebody already has one. Okay. Uh, it was uploaded... July 2018 by Andreas Andreas Loth. I don't think that's going to be the one. No, it only has 200 views. The fuck? <laughs> Why would you make a World Cup song and get... It's called Sunrise at the Beach. Fuck. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Leave a like. Subscribe if you're new. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.